You're listening to Criterion Channel Surfing, a podcast dedicated to the films of the Criterion Collection streaming video service, the Criterion Channel. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. In these follow-up episodes, my guests and I offer a few recommendations for films that fit our theme and are available on other streaming services. Martin Kessler of FlixWise and FlixWise Canada joins me to continue our conversation about Czech cinema and the films of Eastern Europe. Stay with us. If you enjoy Criterion Channel Surfing, make sure to check out the Magic Lantern Podcast, hosted by Erica Long and Cole Roulaine, exploring the films we love and the things we love about them. The Magic Lantern is a film podcast hosted by Erica Long and Cole Roulaine devoted to sharing their enduring cinematic memories. Join them for an ongoing, informal discussion of the classic and contemporary films they love and the things they love about them. If you've been looking for a podcast to explore old and new favorites with fellow film lovers, you've come to the right place. New episodes every other Monday. Find out more at magiclanternpodcast.com. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com. I'm here once again with Martin Kessler, co-producer at FlixWise and host of FlixWise Canada. Martin, thank you so much for joining me and continuing this conversation. Uh, thank you for having me again. <laughs> this wasn't all recorded at the same time. <laughs> what are you talking about? Not at all. <laughs> well, for these follow-up episodes, we're going to talk about a few films on streaming services other than the Criterion channel that fit into the month's theme. Martin and I already talked about Czech films that are currently streaming on the Criterion channel, so we're going to talk about a few other films that fit into the theme that are on other streaming services. And we're going to expand that a little bit and talk about some films from Eastern Europe more broadly uh, that are on some other services. Uh, Martin, uh, I guess my, my question is because you are a physical media person, do you use streaming services at all? Do you regularly use those? Or uh, is this something that you uh, primarily reserve for uh, just kind of one-offs here and there? A little bit, like I, I split Netflix with my girlfriend because I guess Netflix shows sometimes people have to watch them if you, you know, just want to put something on to fall asleep to. Or I don't know, sometimes good stuff comes on Netflix, like even Canadian Netflix, like they have all the Studio Ghibli movies out. So I was watching Kiki's Delivery Service the other day. So I do use Netflix. My brother, I have a little brother who has uh, Shudder, who I just boot off his account when I want to watch like horror noir or some of the stuff that I can't normally find like there's some exclusives that I'm like oh I really want to see that so uh, a little bit but for the most part I, I guess I, I'm not a big streaming services person I, I've got my shelf of movies and I try to curate based on my own taste what I keep in my collection or not I sort of went through a big Marie condoing this year of all my movies and uh, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at and I still try to find new discoveries and stuff like that but it's I, I like to go at my own pace and kind of there's for me some joy in the discovery of finding like a physical disc that you can you can hold in your hand and put on your shelf and know that you can either keep it or get rid of it if you're like ah no, I'm not really into this. Yeah, well, and I think that's a that's a really good point. I think that sometimes when we are kind of at the whims of what a streaming service has on its channel, I think it can 
it can keep us locked into a, a, a cycle of just trying to keep up with it rather than really curating an experience, whether it's looking at certain films by a director, if you're wanting to do a director run, or if you're wanting to explore a certain pocket of cinema, it becomes harder to do that if you're trying to keep up with things that might expire. Although I I think like with the Criterion Channel, one thing that I think is very cool is this idea of having a, a package or having like a collection that these films go together or have a double feature or a feature in a short, like it sort of seems to lend itself to interesting discoveries. You know, say, oh, like, I've seen Magnificent Ambersons, but I haven't seen the film that it's paired with. Like, I wonder what they're doing together. (laughs) I'll check that out. Like, that seems like a very good idea to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that probably is the the thing that keeps the Criterion channel really fresh and interesting is this intentional curation that they're doing there rather than just throwing a bunch of content up. Like, Netflix, I I don't really like the way it's organized at all. It's hard to find stuff, and it's, you know, and I, I don't know. Like, I feel like Netflix, over time, even their, like, original content, it's kind of turned into the place where you get a lot of what used to be the, the direct-to-video store-type movies, <laughs> maybe with a bigger budget than they used to, but it's, like, that that kind of film, and, yeah. you know, not a lot of older films, and it's just, like, something that I think people have to watch The Office on reruns sometimes <laughs> when they're doing other things, or, you know, there's, like, I shouldn't bash it too much like there's a lot of great content on netflix and i was just referencing marie kondo that's on netflix but but, (laughs) um you know i I think if you want to just expand your cinema horizons like the criterion channel seems like a very good option back in the filmstruck days that that was like the most appealing thing ever and then unfortunately that that had to go so this seems like the next best thing yeah 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 and i've been discovering a few other smaller services that have some really interesting titles as well and there's like specialty ones, like there's, I have a friend who runs a Tau film, which specializes just in slow cinema. And, you know, sometimes you can find very niche streaming services. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, let's dive into some, uh, some other films to recommend to people that they might be able to catch on other services. So what's the first film that you want to recommend? Uh, the first film I want to recommend is The Painted Bird, which came up last year. And I think it's streaming on IFC Films, and maybe you can watch it on, on Amazon Prime. I think I saw it was another spot. But uh, again, I have this on Blu-ray. I saw that uh, TIFF, actually. And I think it was received at Venice Film Festival like very controversially. It's, it's based on a novel that may or may not have been plagiarized by the same author of uh, Being There, the Peter Sellers movie. But th- this one, it's about a boy, a Jewish boy, during World War II, sort of in Central Europe. And I think this was the only film I saw at TIFF where there was like a, a trigger warning before the movie because <laughs> it's got some pretty graphic content. But it's it's kind of in that Marketa Lazarova, come and see kind of realm. Where, but it's also got a little bit of a sense of humor, which I like too, like very, very dark sense of humor, like pitch pitch black sense of humor. But, but it has one and it, it's almost like a series of episodes of these horrible things happening to a small child over the course of a film. But, uh, you know, every so often there's a, a good person that comes along and that maybe helps him. And it, it's almost like, you know, these very small gestures of kindness or goodness become all the more precious for how awful those circumstances are. are. But uh, I, I think, like, Come and See, you know, it's a film with a very strong reputation. It's, it's similar in that way. It's similar to, like, uh, maybe Ivan's Childhood. It's, it's that kind of a film, but with a little bit more of a almost like a dark fairy tale kind of vibe to some of it. Where you know, and it's got a great cast too. Like it's uh, I, I should say, like the kid from Come and See. I don't know. Have you seen Come and See? 
I have, yeah. Okay, he's the the boy from it. He's in this movie. He plays a, a Russian officer who picks this kid up and says, "Like, oh, he's a war orphan. We should take him in." And it's like just to see him in that, you're like, "Oh wow." Harvey Keitel's in it, and like a lot of it's done in this sort of like Slavic uh, Esperanto kind of a made up language. Like when I was first hearing, I'm like, "What? What is that? Like, is that like old Moravian or what?" You know, and there's uh, German characters and Russian characters, and it, it's meant to be sort of a universal story. But like, incredible cast, incredible filmmaking, black and white movie from last year, and uh, people can check that out on uh, I guess IFC Films has a streaming service. I, I just learned <laughs> five minutes before the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one that that I have been really, really curious about. I was on John Lobinger's Film Baby Film talking about our favorite films of last year. And uh, this is one that we all had been hoping to see but hadn't had a chance to catch it yet. And um, and this is is one that just looks really harrowing but also really powerful. Yeah, it's it's like when you're some days I'm in the mood for some movie that I know is going to wreck me. It's like today I'm going to watch Breaking the Ra- Waves and just feel like ruined inside. Like some some days I need that actually. I would highly recommend it, but with that asterisk of like this film might might ruin your day. But but you, you know I I think like it's something people will think about, and you know I, I think like a lot of the negative criticism about it has less to do with like the film itself and more just like oh this movie made me feel bad. But I, I think that's good sometimes, you know, we should all feel bad once in a while. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a really, really good recommendation. This is one that uh, is definitely on my list to catch at some point here uh, as I'm trying to catch up on some of the, the films from this and last year. So, yeah, that's great. Well, my first film to talk about is uh, Sworn Virgin directed by uh, Laura Bispori uh, from 2015. It's currently available on Canopy, which is the uh, library streaming service here in the States. And it is a, it's a film that is directed by an Italian filmmaker, but it's also funded by both uh, Italian and Albanian uh, financing. Uh, So I'm stretching just a little bit. It was shot in both Italy and Albania. And uh, it is a an exploration of the Albanian sworn virgins. It looks at the uh, Albanian uh, immigrant community in Italy, and Albanian society is patriarchal, and women don't have a whole lot of rights. And it follows this young girl who whose parents are dead, and she doesn't have very many options and she's taken in by another family and the option she is given beyond marrying and kind of being, uh, being married off uh, and given away to someone else is to uh, swear to live her life as a virgin and to live her life as a man and to renounce her femininity. So she does this and lives her life in the mountains. And uh, it's a the the film follows her trying to come back into uh, society and trying to 
figure out who she is and trying to understand her place in society and uh, and how she wants to live and whether she wants to continue living in the the traditions that she was raised in or whether she wants to embrace her feminine side again and uh, it's a really harrowing film it is really gorgeous uh, really beautiful and, and moving it stars Alba Rohrwacher the sister of Alicia Rohrwacher and uh, she just turns in a magnificent performance in the lead role this is one that, uh, if you get a chance to watch it, I think is it's a really, really lovely film that uh, is very quiet and understated, but uh, really powerful and uh, really, really moving. I'm pretty sure I saw this a couple of years ago. It, it's somewhat recent, right? Like maybe... 2015. Okay, I, I think I've seen this at a festival, and it might have been just like the last movie of the night after I'd already seen three movies. So it, I don't remember it super well, so I, I might go and check that out since we're mentioning it. Canopy's free, right? Yeah, it's a free it's a free library service anyway. So it's uh, I know it works with uh, libraries in the U.S. I don't know how it works in Canada. I'll, I'll take a look, maybe. Yeah, huh. it's it's gorgeous. Uh, Canopy is one of the services that has honestly been a surprise to me. The type of films that they have are really, really incredible. I normally attend the Seattle International Film Festival every May and take a few weeks off and really kind of dig in and watch, you know, 80 films in the couple weeks and try to really just soak in cinema. And with the the festival being canceled this year, I curated my own online film festival and uh, ended up using Canopy as much as I possibly could. And yeah, and, and caught up on these films that uh, I hadn't you know, seen and didn't know much about and uh, tried to find films by female filmmakers, by filmmakers of color and tried to find uh, a good variety of work that uh, I just didn't know about. And Sworn Virgin was on this list. And this was one that uh, just I found absolutely riveting. So uh, it's it's not one that's going to be for everyone. It definitely is that kind of slow moving, long takes quiet film that uh, if you're not if you're not in the mood for it it's not going to work for you uh, if you're looking for something with more whiz and bang it's 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 not going to do it for you but uh, I found this deeply moving so uh, if you can track it down I would highly recommend it that's fantastic my other recommendation YouTube's not typically thought of as a streaming service but you know if you look at what Films are available, feature films from official sources, not just <laughs> bootleggy things that people stick up where the movie's shrunk into a tiny square and they try to beat the uh, copyright algorithm or whatever. There's a lot of fantastic films on YouTube. And two of my favorite channels are the Moss Film and Lent Film YouTube channel where you have decades of Soviet cinema and uh, more recent Russian cinema uploaded on their official channels for free and uh, often not everything has subtitles, but most, I think, have subtitles, or at least you can get the YouTube auto-generated ones if you're desperate. And uh, a film I'd, I'd recommend people maybe checking out who are listening to this might might want to see is 20 Days Without War, which is Alexei Gorman's second film. And it's it's maybe a good introduction to his work. I wouldn't necessarily say it's his best film, but it's like a really good kind of film to see what he's about. And Alexei Gorman's one of my favorite filmmakers. He made Hard to Be a God. Uh, I think my friend... Even Lapshin, like it, it's honestly one of the best films ever, ever made. Like it's it's way up there. 
that's also on the Lend Film YouTube channel. But 20 Days Without War, it's set during World War II, and it's about an officer who has uh, 20 days leave to go and partly consult on a propaganda film that's being made, partly to visit the, the family of a dead comrade. And uh, over the course of the film, it sort of evolves into a love story with this uh, seamstress who's working on the film that he's consulting on. And it's in some ways, it's sort of unusual to see uh, a romance film between just two middle-aged people. And it's very, in some ways, very unsentimental, but a really, really beautifully told story with the war as a background set in this town in Asia, which is in some ways like a little bit removed from the war, but uh, it's based on Alexei German's own childhood experiences partly and based on uh, Simonov, a famous Russian author and journalist's uh, wartime notes. So like it's really interesting creation, one of the masterpieces of Eastern European cinema and the great introduction to arguably the, the greatest Russian filmmaker who ever lived right up there with the Tarkovsky. It's like always one or the other. Wow. Wow. And it's on YouTube for free. So there. There's a new restoration, so like it, it looks pretty great. Wow, I you know it's it's one of those things that I very rarely think of YouTube as a go-to place for seeing great film, but yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. And I forget that all of these great film studios have their own channels and are often releasing older films on them. That's pretty incredible. You could be watching that or watching cat videos. It's it's up to you. Or both. You, you can do both. <laughs> That's fine by me. Just go toggle <laughs> back and forth. Toggle back and forth. Some of these movies you need a cat video after to cleanse your palate. <laughs> That's really great. You know, I, I actually have not seen any of Alexei Garman's films. I've been uh, hesitating on Hard to Be a God, and I know that's one of the... I, I kind of I started with Hard to Be a God, and that was kind of like being thrust into the deep end. I'm not sure I'd recommend that. If you don't want to go the, the YouTube route, like another good option is maybe Cruz Jelly at My Car, Arrow Video put out a really nice Blu-ray, and it's very similar to Hard to Be a God, except it's set in the last days of Stalinism, and you can kind of see, if you ever compare the two, like how Hard to Be a God is, is in many ways a metaphor for Stalinism, because like, oh, you know, these are very, very similar. Uh, but but um, I, I think like for somebody who's starting out, like I'd probably recommend maybe with 20 Days Without War or a Trial on the Road is another early one he did about Russian soldier who was fighting on the German side who defects to the partisans and it, it explores the sort of gray allegiances within the, the war on that uh, Eastern Front. So like that that's a really good film as well. But I, I think 20 Days Without War, that kind of feels like okay, he's really figured out his style and that's, you know, just such a fantastic film. And, you know, it's almost like, uh, what's a good example? Like Brief Encounter, you know, it's like that kind of a film, but with a really interesting background and setting and these very mysterious moments. And is a way of capturing the drama of people who would normally be like the background extras in other films. And I, I think he's just uh, astounding. Like to me, the Tarkovsky is like the, the sort of spiritual metaphysical side and like Alexei Garman's the, the corporeal and, you know, they, they seem to actually pair together very well if you watch their films kind of intermixed. You know, it's not like one is clearly the better. It's almost like one's the yin and one's the yang of who's think. Huh. So I, I think like he's, he's you know, just one of the, the titans of international cinema. That's fantastic. That I think that gives me a, a new filmmaker to start exploring. So thank you. Oh, you're, you're welcome. I'm happy to, to propagate this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to recommend Alex German films. I wrote a big long series of articles for the pinksmoke.com where I, I basically went through his whole career and all his films and talked about his unmade projects and talked about 
stuff that he wrote and produced but didn't direct and, and just went through everything. So people can check that out on the pinksmoke.com if you are curious to know more about Alexa Kerman. That's great. That's fantastic. Well, my final film is a, a Romanian film. Uh, it is Touch Me Not, directed by Adina Pintil from 2018. And this one is available on both Canopy and Mubi. And this is a really fascinating blend between documentary and fiction. Uh, it's a film that explores the kind of desire. It explores intimacy. It explores our, our fears of intimacy and uses uh, the uh, actress Laura Benson as a stand-in for the director in this um, quest to figure out why why she is unable to really be fully intimate with another person and why she has this fear of being touched, why she has this fear of physical intimacy with others. And through the course of this film, the actress playing or um, kind of being the the proxy for the director uh, visits some intimacy therapy sessions and meets people who are actually doing intimacy therapy, people who have physical disabilities, and begins to explore that, begins to explore different uh, experiences of, of being in their own bodies. And uh, it's just this really uh, cerebral work, but also this incredibly moving work at the same time. I found this to be a just a really captivating, mesmerizing film. This is not an easy film for everyone. It is uh, explicit, so it's it's not necessarily going to be one that everybody is going to feel comfortable with, but it is uh, a really, it's mesmerizing. Um, this won the Golden Bear at the Berlin International Film Festival, and I saw this at the Seattle International Film Festival two years ago. And I just find this, uh, again, to be the, I love the blend of documentary and fiction and the, the use of an actress as the proxy for the director. And, and then it begins to ask these questions of whether or not it's ethical to use an actress as a proxy for the director. And it just, it, it, starts to spiral into some really interesting meta fictional and meta documentary levels that I find really uh, compelling and just got me thinking and uh, had me ruminating on it for long after the film was uh, over. Sounds really interesting. That's a film I haven't seen, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's an intriguing one and one that I'm going to be eager to revisit again at some point. And I'm glad that it you know, when I when I see these films at festivals, you never know whether they're going to get any sort of distribution. So I'm glad that it is it's out. There's one from Georgia that I was hoping to talk about called Scary Mother, about a woman who's trying to write her novel and becomes possessed by the novel. And uh, that one's not available anywhere. Is it is it like a horror story or is it more? Uh... It's got a little bit of horror elements, but it's also okay. a little bit more meta metaphoric and it's the way family demands kind of impose themselves on her and uh, the way she has to break free from uh, familial demands in order to become the artist she needs to be. Okay. It's really, it's a really riveting film, but again, it's, you know, there's so many of those films that just never quite make it here. Yeah. It's, 
But uh, I, as I kept looking for other Eastern European films to talk about, I kept finding running into that roadblock of having them all unavailable anywhere. <laughs> but uh, but Touch Me Not was I was really happy to see that it's uh, it's gotten some distribution. So it's been uh, really cool. Well, if you're looking for more films from Eastern Europe, those are four titles you can catch this month on other streaming services. That's The Painted Bird by Vaclav Marhol on IFC and other video-on-demand services. Sworn Virgin by Laura Bispuri on Canopy. 20 Days Without War by Alexi Garn on YouTube. And Touch Me Not by Adina Pintil on Canopy and Mubi. Martin, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me for this series of episodes that we have uh, not sat down and recorded all at once. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Uh, where can people yeah, find you online? Yeah. People can find me on Twitter at MovieKessler, where I usually update on my latest projects and tweet a lot about movies and post GIFs and stuff like that. Over on FlixWise.com, where you can check out the FlixWise podcast and the FlixWise Canada spinoff. We have some really great episodes coming out later this year that have already been recorded. And uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. You can find Criterion Channel Surfing at CriterionCast.com and our website, CinemaCocktail.com. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for Criterion Channel Surfing. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group or send us a message at CriterionChannelSurfing at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge of the Good Times Great Movies podcast. You can see more of his design work at dpmdesigns.com. Criterion Channel Surfing is a proud member of Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at criterioncast.com and support the work of Criterion Cast at patreon.com slash criterioncast. Criterion Channel Surfing is listener-supported, so please consider donating to the show at patreon.com slash joshhornbeck. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all regular and bonus episodes of the show. And for $10 a month, you'll have the chance to give my guest and I a film to discuss in a special Patreon-only bonus episode. I'd like to continue to thank all of our regular Patreon supporters. It really does mean so much. Thank you so much for all of your support. On the next episode of Criterion Channel Surfing, my guest and I will sit down to discuss September's new and expiring titles. I hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening. Criterion Cast a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com.